I'm up here a little sooner than I normally am. Uh, Barry assures me that there'll be more singing. Not to worry. The great dreamers and idealists throughout history have all had the same hope. And that hope was to somehow create a better world. Some of them, like scientists and artists or philanthropists, have managed to improve the world. They have lessened suffering through medical discoveries. They've made life easier through the invention of new products. They've established justice by helping the poor or perhaps redistributing wealth. Some, in thinking that they were improving the world, actually made it worse. Hitler's superior race idea created death and misery for untold millions. Artists and philosophers who wanted to make man free and not accountable to any higher being, thinking that would improve the world, have sent generations of people down the road to self-indulgence and immorality that even to this day threatens the society that exists. There is one man, however, that made this a better world, not by improving it or changing it. He made it a better world by overcoming it. Jesus overcame the world and by doing so made a way for others to overcome the world as well. And so the problem is this. To change the world or to overcome the world? This is the question of the ages. Option one is to change the world. Now the problem with idealists, whether they be good idealists or bad idealists, the problem with idealists is that they think that they can change things, improve things. And they're partly right. They can change things to a degree and relieve the suffering by a couple of notches. The mistake that these idealists make, however, is thinking that the change will last or the improvements will contribute to a final goal where the world will be changed for the better once and for all. And so the great hope of idealists is that they have contributed a peace that will ultimately result in the complete transformation of the world. This is the nature of the idealist's faith. This is the substance of the idealist's vision. This is the passion that drives the idealist in his work and all the sacrifices that he or she may make for the ideals that they hold. To change the world is the idealist's form of salvation and eternal life. Making such a contribution makes him or her immortal in some way. That's changing the world. The other option that we have is to overcome the world. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Note that Jesus didn't say, I have changed the world. He didn't say, I've improved the world. He didn't say this because Jesus knew 
that there is no changing of the world. There is no changing it. There is no improving it to the point where it will become ideal. It's not possible. Now, Jesus wasn't a pessimist. He wasn't an idealist. He was a realist. He knew two important things about the world. He knew that since Adam's disobedience, sin had come into the world and along with it death to every man. Jesus knew all men sinned. He knew that all men suffered and died and there would be no changing or improving this. The evil in the world simply ran in cycles. You had high cycles of evil and low cycles of evil. If you study history, you know, you see high cycles and low cycles. High cycle. There's always evil. There's always suffering. There's always death. Just It just goes in cycles, depending on the country and the time. But it's always there. Jesus knew this. He also knew that since the great flood in Noah's day, the perfect earth created by God was damaged beyond repair. He knew that. All of the environmental care and laws would never restore the earth to its pristine condition. They only slow its decay, which is good. It's a good thing. But it's not a final solution. His realization of this and his divine nature enabled him to do the only thing that will change not the world, but change us. Jesus didn't come to change the world. He came to change us. Jesus, the Son of God, knew that the world and everything in it was perishing, and the only hope for anyone, the only ideal, the only dream, was to leave the world by overcoming it. That's the option that has hope. Now, overcoming the world, not changing it, overcoming it, involves three very important things. First of all, in overcoming the world, you have to first overcome disbelief. You see, what keeps idealists in this unending cycle of trying to change the world that will not change is their disbelief. They don't believe that man's sinfulness is the cause of his death and downfall. That's just too simple. That's just too simplistic. They refuse to believe that God destroyed the earth because of sins. And oh, they'll come up with all kinds of scientific theories to say, it can't be. You believe that? My cousin that I spent, uh, I, I stayed at his house. He's an old bachelor, so I went and crashed with, crashed with him when I went up to Montreal to see my mother the weekend. And we had a lot of discussions, hours and hours of discussions. He has two PhDs, several master's degrees. He's an expert on Karl Marx. He works for the government. So you know we talk late into the night. You believe that the Virgin Mary had a baby? I mean, with all of his education, he couldn't put that together. With all of his learning, with all of his understanding, he couldn't overcome his disbelief. He's an idealist. He believes that the way to save the world, the way to improve the world, the way to change the world is by redistributing the wealth of the world. That's what he works at. That's what he works for. 
Idealists refuse to believe that man has the, has, has, has no power at all to change. And that the only power that exists to change man is God. And without God, man can do nothing. And he misunderstands. He says, what do you mean do nothing? We build rocket ships and we do this and we're cloning, you know, sheep. You know, look at all the things we're cloning. And I say to him, do you have the power to overcome evil in your own life? By revealing the Father and his miracles, Jesus overcame disbelief. He overpowered it. He disabled disbelief. And you cannot overcome the world unless you overcome disbelief. Overcoming the world also requires overcoming sin. Man can mitigate sin, rationalize sin, justify sin, deny sin, enjoy sin, promote sin, but he can't get rid of sin. That's the problem. Jesus lived a sinless life and showed that sin could be overcome. It was actually possible. It was a concept that existed. A person could overcome sin. He did it. And then he died on the cross to obtain forgiveness for all of our sins. And finally, he sent the Holy Spirit to give us the power to overcome sin in our lives. By dealing with sin in such an effective way, Jesus enabled, we like that word today, don't we? Enables in a negative sense, we say, don't be an enabler, you know, psychologically speaking. But it has a positive connotation, doesn't it? You know, enable. This enabled me to do this. This enabled me to succeed. You know, whatever that is. Jesus Christ enables us to overcome the sin in our life through forgiveness. That gives us the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which gives us the way the mechanism to overcome sin in our life. By dealing with sin in such an effective way, Jesus enabled every person to be totally healed from sin, not just treat its symptoms. And overcoming the world also involves overcoming death itself. Three days after they killed him, Jesus is raised from the dead to demonstrate that the door that locked us into this world and into its fate was now open. And those who followed Jesus Christ could now go through and pass on to the other side. This weekend, literally, his name is Pierre, Peter, Peter and I literally spent dozens of hours in deep, Deep discussion and debate back and forth and back and forth. I mean, uh, finally it was three in the morning and I had to get up to go see my mom. Stop! I, okay, I quit for tonight. I've got to get some sleep. And I tried to match wits with him philosophically. And he slapped me around. I want to tell you, I got a good thumping from him. <laughs> I mean... I, I tried to debate him. Uh-uh. You know, I think I can hold my own debating with some people, but no way. He, he, he got me in a philosophical headlock and uh, I couldn't get out. But when I preached to him the resurrection of Christ, he had no comeback. He could scoff at it, which he did. He could deny it, which he did. But he had no way to deal with its impact. Because he said to me, how... 
you've changed. Don't forget, I grew up with this guy. He knew the old Mike, the before Christ Mike. He knew that guy. And he wanted, he was curious to know what, what was the change. He wanted to know, you know, did you go see a shrink? Did you go see, you know, I mean, did you take some pills? Or maybe did you stop taking the pills? Or, you know, what, what happened? And I said, the resurrection of Christ has done this for me. And he couldn't even compute those words. No answer for it. Overcoming death is necessary to overcome the world. Before the fear of death kept us here, kept us working to create heaven on earth. Why do you think people work so hard to create heaven on earth? Because they don't believe that there's a heaven aside from this earth. And so they'll kill themselves to create heaven here because they're afraid there's nothing out there. With Jesus Christ, we are now free to go to the heaven that He has created for us. You know, there are, there are many slogans that uh, try to remind us uh, of the true nature of the season that we've just passed. Uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. You see that? I see that on Billboard. No, that's good. I think that's good. You know, people do that. And we in the church constantly fight the battle to keep people focused on the original point of the Christmas holiday, and that is to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, regardless of the exact day. The fact remains, He was born. But let's go one step further tonight as we gather to worship, as we gather to praise Him. Why should we be happy that He was born? Why should this be a reason to celebrate? I, I have no earthly understanding as to why non-believers celebrate Christmas. Why should they care that Jesus Christ was born? But why should we be happy that He was born? Why should this be a reason to celebrate? Is it because God came as a man? That's pretty amazing, but I don't know if we deserve two days off from work because of that. Some people get four days. <laughs> Is it because He would have an amazing life and do miracles and His life would change the world by Christianizing it? Is that why we, is that why people celebrate Jesus came and He Christianized the world? That's what a lot of unbelieving idealists grudgingly give Jesus credit for. Whether they like it or not, they think He's one of them! <laughs> so they celebrate. I say no. Rejoice and celebrate because His birth signaled the beginning of that time in history where all mankind would finally be empowered to overcome the world. Celebrate that. Idealism would now be raised to a new level where it had never been before. The highest good no longer to be the saving of mankind by improving the world, the highest good would be the saving of mankind by leaving the world. Why do you think the Bible is always referring to Christians as pilgrims? Because it is trying to reveal to us the concept that we are going to another place. 
another dimension, another reality, another experience. And we, we're always grappling with this. We're, we've got our fingers, you know, kind of latched onto this world and, and Jesus is going, come on, let it go. Let's and celebrate the highest ideal of all. That every single person, regardless of race or social standing or era, could equally strive to reach the highest ideal that would be possible. That they would not be defeated, not by this world, not by death, not by anything that took place in this world. Be happy, he said, rejoice. And he said, I have overcome the world. What he was saying was, and you have now overcome the world. If you rejoice, then rejoice in this thing. With those words in mind, let's sing some songs of faith.